Oh, if you caught that that little snippet, that was Ben doing his rendition of the global phenomenon hit song Radioactive by his favorite band, Imagine Dragons, <laughs> which can't blame him. I mean, they're everywhere from Chevy commercials to soap commercials to gum commercials to other kinds of commercials. <laughs> I really hope I don't get uh, someone in the DMs that's like, dude, I love Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yeah, you just become like uh, tons of Imagine. I think they're called the the. I think they call themselves Dragon Nation. They they like uh, you, they you become their avatar. Right, in that, the media. that would at least be sick if they had a, a fan <laughs> nickname like that, right? Uh but this is uh, a somewhat delayed, somewhat truncated edition of Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Gatelli, Benjamin Walker. We are down Zach Love today. This has been a week where uh, we've uh, this episode is definitely brought to you by like uh, adulthood and parenthood. We've just had like eternal delays coming out with this episode. For so for the loyal listeners, we apologize. Uh, it's already Friday. The Cowboys are forty eight hours away from playing the Bears, and we're just now getting to a breakdown of the Lions game. But we we weren't going to just let you starve for a week. We, we didn't want to like just leave you hanging. Uh, we re- normally reserve that for when the Cowboys have like lost several games in a row, and we just go dark for like the rest of the season, yeah. and then show back up in the off season like it didn't happen. That's and not it, what's going to occur here, and that's not intentional either. That's just it's it's tough to get this man across from me on the on the pod. If the if the Cowboys go when the Cowboys go bad for his own mental health, he has to he is, he tries to step away for a little. I got to unplug, dude. It'll ruin my family um, life, my spiritual life, my mental health, absolutely. But. You know this game on uh this game on Sunday against the Lions, man. This was an up and down affair. The first half was not pretty, uh, as we've said for the mm-hmm. last couple weeks. It feels like uh, the return of Dak Prescott maybe built up uh built up significantly by both the media and the fans. Um, and I feel like going in, no one really made an accounting for the fact that like Dak Prescott hasn't thrown a pass in a month and. He had played one really terrible game this season before getting injured. So, like, we're talking about in the last nine months, he's played, like, one game, maybe three quarters worth of competitive football. Uh, And so maybe expecting him to come out and throw, like, five touchdowns in this first game was uh, a little bit too high uh, of of an expectation. And uh, while Dak had what I would consider to be a totally fine game, uh, he ends the game 19 of 25 for 207 with a touchdown, uh, pass rating of 113. Um, doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, there were there are definitely concerns about the offense. This was definitely a defensive led affair. Yeah, and look, it it we probably shouldn't have expected Dak to be wow factor. I think the disappointing thing was the Lions heading into this game were the worst defense in football. You certainly thought you could manage more than three points and a half, regardless yeah. if it was a Dak or Cooper Rush or anyone led offense. They've pretty much been a sieve. So. Now they're coming off a bye week. Teams off a bye week usually play a little bit better, but it didn't feel like that. It just felt like Dallas was really disjointed. We ran a couple cute third and ones where we couldn't fucking convert. We'll get into that, man. <laughs> One of the like biggest points of frustration for me with this game was Kellen's play calling on third and short. Um, right out the gate, like I should have known it was going to be a frustrating game because on the first play from scrimmage, Dak rolls out. He has Noah Brown. He throws like not the prettiest pass in the world, but it hits Noah Brown in the hands and it just kind of like pops. It it's pops a up. The throw should have been better. The catch should have been made situation. Absolutely. Like, you can kind of and give fingers. This could have been a 40, there. 50 yard play. Like he has all the space in the world. And I think maybe he was like, the pass wasn't perfect. And he was already thinking about the run after catch situation. Um, and so they do that. They run a play after that. And then deck gets Which, sacked on third down. We, we don't like second and 10 runs. I guess you don't want to go three straight Dak passes. Yeah, probably, that's that's but usually the and uh, 10 runs are always a little. Eh. Yeah, yeah, especially with this team, because it feels like they're very predictable. It feels like they always run on second and 10. And so like the other team can just load up. Um, and but it took them like, long this year. I mean, I know yeah. a lot of that's due to Cooper Rush being your quarterback, but still, I mean, their third down conversion in the uh, long is pretty Pretty bad. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I, I they're know they're they- bad in a lot of offensive categories. And again, like yeah. Cooper Rush definitely slants those those stats. So we'll have to give Dak a couple weeks before we we really see where this team is offensively. But first half was rough, man. I mean, part of it was that we just did not get the fucking ball. Um, in the first half, the Cowboys only get 
they get, I guess they technically get five uh, possessions. The first two are horrible. They're three and outs. Uh, the third one, they the march down the field. You, uh, I was going to say it was their first time a DAC-led offense has gone back-to-back three and outs since, like, I want to say the beginning 2019. of 2019. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's been about two years since we've seen this offense just look bad. Um, and they couldn't run. You know, but they they had they should have converted those. They had the third and one on the the second possession that they threw like a sweep to Zeke. I guess it wasn't just, a sweep. It got blown up, but it just it was. They just did it over and over again. We're like, don't get me wrong. I know Zeke isn't just like this automatic conversion machine that he was just first couple he had of years. Been. Ago. He was he was eight and eight or something this year. He hadn't yeah. had a single third and short that he hadn't converted until that. But one. I trust I trust Zeke to to fall forward for a yard. I really do. I think yeah. he's just got a, too much inertia, too much momentum. And we kept using doing these like stretch plays, like long developing sweeps to the outside, and it just gives you so much. You're covering so much ground between, you know, getting the conversion and the snap. Um, so they did that on their first third and short. Uh, they, they, yeah, they like you, like you mentioned, Zeke ends up losing two yards on that. On their third uh, possession, they do march down uh, the field, and then we get to first and ten at the Detroit eleven. They run Pollard up the middle. They get six yards. Then they run Pollard up the middle on second and four and get two yards. So you're now third and two, and they run a third Tony Pollard run again. Now, up to that point, they were moving. They were moving the ball great. Dak was hitting, was throwing beautiful passes. He threw a beautiful pass to CeeDee Lamb on this drive. Uh, he hit a beautiful pass to Schultz on this drive. Dak looked like he was in rhythm. Which, I feel way, like on that second down, knee, that's a that tackle yeah. looked fucking. That was a great placement, rough. but he got he got like dragged down backwards. It was it was it was a, bad. Not it was what bad. See. So I was I was already like from this point in the game, I'm already like, what's going on with the play calling? Like I love Pollard to death, but once you get down inside like the five yard line, like he's not the guy. Then you you get to fourth and two. You're on the three. I'm like, okay, they're going to go for it. They're going to put the ball in Dak's hands. Yeah. Put, they're going to put it, put this like vote of confidence on him, show them that they're confident in Dak's abilities to make a play. They call a timeout, come out of the timeout and kick a field goal. I hated Just that. soft. Just I soft. My only argument there is you know your defense is really good. Maybe take the points because if you have three straight drives sure. with no points. I don't. I didn't hate it, but I definitely would have preferred them to be aggressive there. Agreed. Um, Especially and not burn a timeout. Either go or don't go. Like don't do this bullshit. Try and draw them off sides or I don't. It didn't even look like they tried to do that. It just looked like they were unsure of what they wanted to do. Kellen is. I mean, I'll say it, man. Like the, we have not seen a really great offensive game from this team in uh, maybe a couple of those like barn burner games last year. But like it does feel a little bit like people have figured out how to attack Kellen's scheme. And they don't fall for the things that they were falling for, like the first six weeks of last year. Um, and I wish he would just stay a little bit more. You know, you don't have to get so fancy, man. These third downs are a great example of that. Like, it seems like well, he kind of tricks himself. He's like, they're expecting Dak to throw a ball to convert this two yard pet, this two yard play in near the end zone. So we'll go with another Pollard run. They'll never expect that. And it's like, well, the reason that they're not expecting that is because it's a bad idea. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I I always struggle. I mean, I, I certainly am not a Kellen fanboy. That's been well documented on podcasts that we've done. I just, I don't know. It's also, their simplicity was working for them with Cooper Rush. A lot of that's because the defense is so damn good. And so I I, I didn't want them to just say, hey, Dak's back. Let's go back to, you know, four wide and just open this thing for up. Sure. On the same token, like... You do need a little of that. And I feel like Dak was maybe trying to do, especially in the second quarter. There were some uh, passes where he was he was really in the second really quarter it started to it. kind of feel like, hey man, I need to show everybody like Yep. Look, and he said before ego. the game, he said Dak, before the game has- that that would be an issue for him. He was like part one of the things I need to focus on is just like staying calm and not Well, look, like, he used to they, Yeah. They had the number one offense in the NFL last year in a lot of categories, or top five pretty much across the board. A lot of that was done early in the year, but they still had some big point explosions late in the year, at least against bad teams. And you know, going back to his 2020, before he got hurt, he was fantastic, putting up a lot of points. So I think it's we may take a little time for him to kind of realize, hey, I don't 
almost go back to not quite 2016 mode when he was a rookie, but go back to the offensive mindset that, hey, I, I have a team here that can win. I don't have to be For the sure. guy. And I think we just it, we saw a couple of those throws in the second quarter where it felt like he's like, hey, I'm a $40 million guy. Everyone's been talking about my backup. I kind of – it felt like he wanted to show out a little bit. For sure. Going little, into triple coverage. Like yeah, not, not horrible bit. balls, not like – he was not like so bad that obviously he didn't have any interceptions. Just decisions just you're not inadvisable, used to making. Yeah, yeah, inadvisable just, decisions for sure. Right. Um, just trying to do a little too much. Um, and then it just seemed like they were kind of cursed. Like So then they finally get the ball with four minutes to play in the half, and they get a pretty good drive going. Like between Zeke's running the ball well, Dax completing high percentage throws, he hits a really beautiful one to CeeDee Lamb for 20 yards. Um they get down to the 20 and first and 10 at the 20 and Dak hits Noah Brown for 14 yards. He moved, he gets it to like the three and he takes this bizarre hit where he like helicopters vertically to where his head's on the ground and the ball pops out on the three yard line. So I just dude, at that point I was like, it's six to three Detroit at halftime. We get to the Mm -hmm. three yard line and cough it up after a 70 plus yard drive. Just nightmarish. Um, that that's a that's another drive. It's like there are two drives in this half where I felt like they should have absolutely scored a touchdown. Um, the three Pollard runs one and this one both should have. I felt like the ball should have been in Dak's hands and he should have thrown two touchdown passes uh, in this uh, in this half. But unfortunately, he goes into the halftime, um, obviously not having turned the ball over, and it's not a disaster. It's six to three. I mean, the defense has done its job, um, but you don't want to be at six to three against the Lions at halftime. Um, right. fortunately the second half proved significantly better for the Cowboys. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the defense, like right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, first drive, you get a, a another Trayvon Diggs interception. Uh, was it an interception though, Ben? Oh I God. think you'll do this. Dude, Tony thing. Romo. I love Romo. He would look, not let that fucking go. Romo dude. is doing the thing that we saw Troy do for a long time, which oh, is he's so worried about being called a Homer that he overcompensates in the other direction. I also think I don't even and and don't get me wrong, like I love Tony. Everyone knows I love Tony. I think there's part of Tony as a competitor that's a little bit still a little bit bitter at how he was how he left. I don't think he has like some he's not Des. Like I don't think Tony Rome is rooting for the Cowboys to win Super Bowls now that he's gone. Like it's an even worse version of Troy. Like Troy loves being the last Cowboys quarterback to win championships. I do believe that. Tony didn't get to win one, even though he, in my opinion, deserved, he he should have won a ring here. I do not think Tony Romo would love it if Dak won a ring. I don't think he would celebrate that event. I don't, I think he's, I think two things are true. I think he's certainly happy with, hey man, I'm the coolest broadcaster with Absolutely. the biggest contract in the world. Like he basically reset the broadcasting market and now like Aikman and Buck and all these guys have gotten huge fucking deals. Tarico, uh, in large part because of what <laughs> CBS gave Romo after, you know, his initial um, first couple of years. But yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, I almost aired on the, just the quarterback thing. Like it, he refuses to like, sometimes quarterbacks just can't give a DB credit. Like occasionally sure. I'll watch, like when I watch Manning cast, I watch Peyton, and Peyton gets so frustrated at quarterbacks that aren't him. Sometimes it's so funny. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, how do you? Oh, you got to stretch the field here. You got to throw this. He gets so mad when he sees quarterbacks make mistakes. And um, regardless of any of that, though, like this ball, I didn't really think it was that questionable. I had Bro, someone the, tell the me only, pe- the the only people that go, were like that Diggs into throw it. was really inter- that, that Diggs interception was really he dropped that clearly. I was like, okay, he. It was close. I don't think you can say he clearly didn't catch. That. Even if they had reviewed it, they're not turning and that they over. Did. They reviewed like, it in New York. It's but you know what like I mean. Even if they had done the whole like right. stop the game, we're gonna watch it close thing that everyone wanted them to do. Because during the broadcast, the booth, the booth sitting there being like, I can't believe they didn't review that. They went down they to the sideline reporter. God damn it! Like, yeah, they they went down to the sideline and had the sideline reporter be like, I'm standing right next to the review booth, and they didn't even look at it. Like so, I don't know if they don't know how it works or what. But this moment allowed for Lions fans to basically say they won this game. Like all over the internet, there are Lions fans being like, "Yeah, dude, the the refs really took this one from us." And I was like, "Dog, y'all lost twenty four to six. Like it, this wasn't that close of a game. Like Dallas's offense yeah. was in complete disaster mode in the first half, and you're winning by three points. Okay, like, have- that is crazy." 
even if you take this turnover away, they had five sacks allowed and four turnovers instead of five. Like there's they, this weird thing I've discovered. They this were never year, putting up points in this, and game. that's that the NFL has become such a scoring dominated league. And it was a terrible now, ball, like off offense is the only thing that counts. So like. Last year when the Cowboys were scoring lots of points and winning, people I kept having people approach me and be like, damn, dude, the Cowboys look really good this year. Now that they have maybe the best defense in the NFL, people being are approaching me being like, dude, the Cowboys are only winning because they have a good defense. It's like, well, okay. Like, that's that is half the game. So that's that would be a good thing, right? That they're winning because they have a good defense. I don't does that they count less? In the Madden fantasy football era we have seen a shift from like defense wins championships to now like offense is the only thing that that matters to people to your point like people like the chiefs and the chiefs are great and Mahomes is great but the chiefs have had a terrible defense for pretty much like Mahomes's tenure but the chiefs are always the team that people put up as the best team in the league because it's fun to watch and they put up a lot well, of and Dude, people that are our age will remember the days of like, do you remember watching Big 12 games? It would be like 49 to 42. And the oh, average shit, football fan would be like, to 60. Well, I'm not even talking about those. I'm talking about like even like BJ Simmons, Cliff Kingsbury era. They'd okay, put up, yeah. you know, seven touchdowns or whatever. And the average football fan was like, oh, that league's trash. Like if anyone scores more than 40, it's a trash league that doesn't play defense. The Big 12 is like garbage for <laughs> conference because they don't play defense. And now it's like Alabama, Tennessee is a 49 52 game, and that's awesome. That's elite football. Like, it's very strange how that whole thing has shifted to where now, like, having this elite defense that will is probably way more uh, uh, something that I personally think we can count on way more than the offense last year, where it was like, man, I hope they never just come out there off, which they did eventually. It's unlikely the defense will ever just go out there and give up 100 rather than, you know. Sometimes you're just out of sync on offense and shit goes wrong with the Broncos game. That doesn't happen very often for defensive powerhouse teams. Like you rarely see like the Legion of Boom didn't show up one day in an off state and give up 70 points. Whereas like the offense can show up off and just put up nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I feel like that's the case anyway. Yeah. It's, it's weird where people in like the data analytics age that we've entered in, and with a lot of analytics being applied to professional sports, like one of the observations that that has been made and sort of been taken as a truth is the most predictable part and repeatable part of any team is the passing game. Like yep. that's the, has the biggest change on EPA expected points in any game. And so you always, they lean towards teams that can throw the ball very well because it's the most repeatable and they defense statistically they'll say is noisy year over year. But I think within a year when you establish as a very good D to what you're saying, it is within that season. It's very rare to see Correct. a defense just get mashed on. Now, occasionally, I mean, the bills were great defensively last year and the chiefs still hung 50 on them, but yep, it does happen. Know, it does. Happen, it does happen, but, but that's also the best offense in the league going at you. Um, but yeah, and so it'd be point, weird. It, it, it would be weird to see the, the bills D do what our offense did last year, which is like have the chiefs hang 50 on them. And then for the next like six weeks, have people just like suddenly figure out how to beat them. Right. You know what I mean? Like that it's would not be like, unusual. it just breaks unless exactly. Mike, I think even if like worst case scenario here and I want everyone to <laughs> knock on wood immediately, I know where you're going and I'm knocking but on wood. Even worst case, my dogs Michael. think I knocked on a door. Micah was uh, unavailable to play a game. We'll put it that way. I, I still think this defense is really good up front. They still have Absolutely. Trayvon Diggs in the back. The safeties, if anything, their weakest part has kind of been maybe their D tackle, you know, run game, and then the linebackers. I don't think Barr and Van Der Esch have been very good. They're not but... elite run stoppers, at least at this point. Um, yeah, agreed. And Teams have found a way, have found subtle ways to take advantage of the fact that they are such an aggressive pass rush team. Um, their biggest strength, you know, if you can turn that into a weakness, that's that's really good. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do. I know that after well, the Eagles fast, game, right? you're, they're, you're they're definitely going to see exactly size D, right? Like yeah, you say you're like fast and uh, you know responsive, or you're big and physical. And Dallas is a very fast. And correct, you know, they're able to get to the edge or able to put a lot of pressure on you. But yeah, I mean, you can bully them if you have, if you can, if you have the capability, but correct. a lot of teams just don't. 
And the Agreed. Lions have one of the best offensive lines in football, and we just terrorized them all game long. Absolutely. We'll get into like the stats for the defense, but dude, this was this is like when we drafted Sam Williams, this was the games I I fantasized about was like Parsons and Sam Williams just tearing a team up. And I mean, they'd both come out of this game with two sacks. Uh both get a forced fumble. Sam's is like an actual strip. He just actually just took the ball out of Jared Goff's hands and in, in the chaos. Sick. It was awesome. Um, dude, I hope they both keep playing like that. That was so sick. So, um, but yeah, so, so tra- we've started here with the Trayvon Diggs interception. He has another one of his just like classic, like looks like a wide receiver making the catch of their career picks. Uh, and after a bunch did of you, bullshit uh, discussion sorry. from the booth, I know we've been here for a minute, but did you see a, uh, Stefan tweeted him about it oh, yeah. on his Instagram. Yeah, like, there, I, need to, like, I, need, I need to start seeing some rack after those. I need to start. Yeah, seeing he's like, some, that's why they, he's like, insane enough, dog. Like, yeah, because so he because he kind of picked it off, and even Diggs sort of got up and then got tackled pretty quickly. <laughs> he's like, I need to, I need to see some return game, bro. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, he said he was gonna. What boys. I can't remember what Diggs said. He was like, I'm gonna turn into a. I think it was like Barry Sanders or something out there. Yeah. Like afterwards, I was like, that's awesome. So he does get this turnover in Dallas and, and Dallas to the offense's credit. They don't get the ball like a short field here. They get the ball on their own 18 after this pick. Cause it's a deep ball uh, interception. Um, but this was a great drive both for Zeke and for Dak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Deke, Zeke goes right to work. Uh, after Dak hits a pass to CeeDee Lamb to get a first down on the Dallas 29, Zeke gets an 18-yard run where he hurdles a guy. I was like, what's going on here, dude? Big. Like, Zeke returned to the old form. I love it. Uh, and then right is, after, we get the Pollard bulldoze. Or not yeah, bulldoze, and this was after bulldoze. Zeke had done the 14-yard run where he had, like, seemingly gotten injured. He was slow getting up. It looked like he was hurt. He was down for a minute, and he did this after that. So I was like, hell yeah, yeah Zeke. That looked way worse than I thought. He limped off the field. And yeah, I thought he was he done. Made, he's, you know, spoiler. People have probably already seen he's he's been rolled out this week. Yeah. So there's a cut. There's initial reports came out that were scary that he had torn something. It was going on IR, and then those quickly got hushed. And now it's being called like a sprain or bruise. They're being very coy about what his injury actually is. But uh, dude, he's a tough sob. You know. Yeah, so. and dude, Zeke is. He's built for this shit for sure. Maybe not at the highest elite level where he can just like put up 1500 yards every year, but he can do his thing very well and yeah, uh, a, forever. He can bulldoze, man. I mean, he definitely, I still, I still think that's valuable to a team. I know so many data guys just want to let Pollard run loose. And look, I'm hopefully Pollard has a great game against the Bears, which we'll get into further down the pod. But like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't understand. I think the Zeke hates come down a little. It's the contract is gross. It is what it is. But anyone who watches can see Zeke still a valuable asset to this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was the only game. He was the only piece of the offense that worked against the Eagles. Yep. He scored two touchdowns in this game. So uh, they do get, then they give right after that, uh, they hit a pass to Schultz and then Pollard gets the ball, goes for 28 yards. Mm -hmm. uh, Then it's another six yard run by him. And, uh, they end up first and goal at the uh, on the Detroit uh, one yard line, and Zeke just pounds it. And they finally just do what they should have been doing on all short yardage situations: just let Zeke put his head down and go forward. And he gets this easily, uh, gets a touchdown. And so now it's ten six. Um, from this point on, so this is interesting. I think it's so the Cowboys that they they force a punt on the next drive. Uh, the Cowboys get the ball back, and. Dude, this drive was so frustrating too. So they first play from scrim, first play on the drive, they get nine yards. Um, this was after a huge run back by uh, Turpin. He he ran it all the way back to the Detroit forty-one. He got tackled by the last guy. He almost house called this one. Yeah. So he's we got to break one this year for sure. Oh, he dude, he gets we get a short field every game, and he's gotten two where the kicker has tackled him. He's gonna house one for sure. Um, so they get the short field to go out there. Uh, they get a, a nine-yard pass on their first one, so it's second and one on the Detroit 32. And short yardage situation, easy conversion for Zeke Elliott, and instead they go Tony Pollard up the middle. He loses a yard. And then Dak gets sacked for a seven-yard loss, and suddenly it's fourth and nine. And they get a delay of game here, which doesn't change that much, but just like, damn it, dude, we're just doing dumb shit. Um now Detroit would get the ball back, and this this drive would straddle the end of the second quarter, or end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. 
And this one was scary, dude. This was the drive. This was the only drive of the game where it really felt like Detroit could win this shit. Um, they were just running the ball, doing short passes, a lot of screen game. They were picking on the linebackers effectively. And they get this, uh, they run this on second and five of the Dallas 18. Uh, they run this screenplay that they tackle right at the Parsons comes all the way across the formation to tackle this dude at the like one half yard line. Okay. It looks like he may have scored a touchdown at first, but they obviously they go back, they review it. He's down at the one yard line. They run the ball first and goal from the one. Uh, they give it to Javante Williams. He's had like 600 carries in his career. He has never fumbled and tank Lawrence makes one of the most badass plays I've ever seen in my life, dude. He like sheds a double punches through and then strips this ball in the backfield and Anthony Barr is able to just fall on it. And the Cowboys, instead of giving up a touchdown here, which puts you at 13, 10, which doesn't feel great. Uh, the Cowboys get the ball on the one. Um, they don't do much with it. Like they get a 20 yard play from Pollard on the first play from scrimmage. After that, uh, they get to another third and one and they do this ridiculous little like toss play to Pollard to run all the way around the right end. And he gets stuffed. Uh, for no gain, and so they they have to punt again. So, of the of the y- short yardage plays, it feels like Kellen did the wrong thing like four times out of six, and the two times he just called for Zeke to just punch it, we got them both. So I was just like, God damn it, dude. Um, but yeah, definitely the, uh, that that defensive stand at the one yard line is huge. The drive before that was the worst drive for the defense all day, in my opinion. But this one play obviously made up for it. Well, two plays. I mean, Micah is probably. If you see the replay, I mean, it looks on TV and time, it didn't look like much because it looked like the guy scored. Micah said he didn't even think he got there. Like when yeah. Micah starts, he's about seven yards behind the guy and has. And he's changing direction. Like he's he's running and, forward. He has to turn around and go the other. And the other guy's already he, running that direction. Right. On the screen, he basically has about eight yards to run him down. And he does. <laughs> Tackles him at the one. I mean, if you watch it, broken down in film or in slow-mo it, it really does look like he's running a different speed he clocks That's 20 nuts. miles per hour on it basically just bursting out of nowhere um he said he was close to getting 21 i always love micah always always <laughs> want some more but yeah he runs him down man i mean that was incredible effort um it's a play that you know they're just gonna show up in the film room and be like dan quinn's just gonna apparently you know yep. him in dq i don't know if you saw they had like a before he made like that big play they had um a pretty good talk and you know he basically just talked about how what a like almost father figure i guess dan quinn is you know all those yeah cliches and isms but they they seem to have a great relationship you love to hear it he loves dan quinn like i it, really it, pray so awesome. that dan quinn is around here next year in some form because i worry that if he goes micah's gonna like be if if we if he goes and the defense takes a step back micah's gonna get you know, I need to go where Dan is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, it, it, the relationship's great. It's and, special uh, for sure. You know, if you, if you catch that, um, interview with him, it was, it was really nice. And then, I'll have to yeah, watch I mean, that. That's Tank, awesome. Tank, um, really, yeah, he gave a ton of credit to DQ. And then right after that, Tank makes, you know, like Andy said, an incredible individual play as well. I think he's having his best season in, in, uh, quite some time. He's Years. been awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, after that, yeah, I mean, it looked like the game could have turned. It stays 10, six. Uh, we do give the ball back, but, uh, defense goes back to work, man. I mean, they just, yeah. And shut down at this point. And this was awesome. So Goff gets back there. They get a 23 yard play on the first play of this drive. So you're like, God damn it. We're gonna have another one of these drives, but then, uh, they try to run. Sam Williams gets a tackle for loss, stuffs this in the backfield. I was like, hell Yes. Uh, then they try to throw to Hawkerson, but Anthony Barr and Mike Parsons are there to deflect the ball. And then on third and twelve, they try to go for they try to go for this pass over the middle. And Jordan Lewis basically sacrifices his entire season to make yeah, this turnover. Yeah, he did. Um, it was a hell of a catch. It's but... it's an amazing pick. Uh, he it sounds like he's got the Liz Frank like he's done for the year at least um yeah. which sucks because i love j lou we're gonna i guess that means we're gonna see a lot more deron bland maybe some kelvin joseph and i don't think either of those guys are as good as j lou but this was a hell of a play um they get the ball in their own 46 and zeke elliott just and dak just go to work here uh they get uh on th- they get to a third and four pretty quickly but they get a defensive holding call uh and then Dak hits a good Lamb for 15. 
Yeah, they get to third and eight, and Dak Sorry, hits Lamb jump, for 15 yards. Yeah. Uh, they Detroit had jumped off sides, and Dak threads a pretty sick pass to Lamb here. Um, then uh, Dak hits uh, Noah Brown. Uh, Dak hits Noah Brown again for 15 more yards. And before you know it, they're down on like the – they have a third and one on the Detroit two. And I'm just like sweating. I'm like, oh, my God. This is where Kellen goes into his bag of tricks and pulls out something. I'm just waiting for Kellen to try that bullshit play. I'm waiting for him to try that play that every team tries and fails at except the Chiefs who are really good at it. The little uh, like option pitch, you know what I'm talking about? Like inside shovel pass that they do on the goal line. Well, it also, they have Travis Kelsey. People got to remember that. Every other team, I saw this, I saw this stat. It's like the Chiefs score on that play from inside the five. They've done it like a certain number of times. They've scored like 70% of the time with it. And other than the Chiefs, it is statistically the worst play in all of football. <laughs> like every other team has attempted it like multiple times and it's been blown up for a loss or, or failure to get, you know, what you're trying to go for either a first down or a touchdown by every other team that has attempted it, except the chiefs who are like, so it's like a 60% of the time it works every time type thing. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, very yeah. strange. Um, but this time, thank God, uh, when they get down to third and one on the Detroit two, they just let Zeke pound it. And he gets to the one, and it's a first down, and on first and goal, they just give it to Zeke again, and he scores a touchdown. It's great. It's just simple football with your good football players. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it felt pretty safe, too. They went up 17-6. to six. Uh, It looked it looked pretty good at this point. Um, and if it didn't there, you know, there's only 246 left in the game, so it kind of felt like a clinching drive. I mean, a good play. 11 plays, 54 yards. They burned 540 of the clock. It was a very – hey, let's close the door on these guys type of drive. Um, Absolutely. And then the next the, the next, the next Lions drive is awesome. So it goes, uh, they hit Hawkinson for a seven-yard pass, then second and three. This has the best like description of this play ever. Okay, second and three is Detroit 32. 222 in the fourth, no huddle shotgun. Jay Goff sacked at Detroit 24 for la- loss of eight yards by Sam Williams. Fumble forced by Sam Williams, recovered by Sam Williams. Fumbled by Sam Williams, recovered by <laughs> Sam Williams. To Detroit 24 for no gain. So if you watch this play, it's so ridiculous. Sam Williams just basically burns the edge guy, comes around, and Je- Jared Goff does not see him. And he just he doesn't really tackle Jared Goff at all. He just like takes the ball directly out of Jared Goff's yeah. hands and immediately starts returning it. It's awesome. It is fucking awesome. So Sam Williams had a, a career day. This is the best game of Sam Williams' life, and this is what we were kind of hoping to see when we drafted him is like a Micah light effectively, and, dude, this is exactly the kind of play that I was hoping to see from him, and it was great. Yeah, he's the only thing keeping me from really admonishing the fact that we didn't move like four or five spots up to get George Pickens. You know, agreed. Like yeah. Only, only thing that doesn't piss me off that George Pickens is not a cowboy, especially like because like he's I was going to say he fills the role that we need so perfectly. All our receivers are like kind of soft, don't soft. have any dog in them. Like Pickens is the opposite of that. Like I'm more worried about Pickens robbing a convenience store. He's a good on him being yeah. soft. Yeah, he's he, dude. He that that picture of him on draft night, like wearing a, like it's like he's wearing like basketball shorts, a white tee, a poo shiesty mask, standing like nine inches from the television screen, pissed, <laughs> looking at the draft. I was like, "You're you're going into the NFL today, dude! Like, how are you mad?" But like, dude, he plays pissed all day. He's all like he's become like legendary for just like fucking dbs up off the line for even when he's not involved in the play at all like it's blocking down and he's just like nah you going on the turf little boy i know i we we really could use a dog on that team but you know what it's okay we'll talk a little bit about uh the rumors swirling of uh cowboys looking at various wide receivers here in a second we'll wrap up this game real quick so the only real two i think the only two uh pieces left of this that are important are they get the ball obviously at the lines 24 um Kellen can't help himself on first down. They try a, a fucking sweet play with CD Lamb that gets blown up for a four yard loss. Like even when they're up, they can't. You just can't stop it. Um, but luckily, Pollard on the next play, he goes for twenty five yards. Zeke goes up the middle for a yard that gets him to uh, the Detroit two. And on second and goal, uh, Dak throws his first touchdown pass of the year. Uh, hits Peyton Hendershot in the back of the end zone, wide open. 
Beautiful TD. They go up 24 to six. That is how the game would end. Uh, the, the Lions did get one more uh, shot at it. They had two minutes to go. And it was an ugly affair for the Lions. So they moved the ball six yards on the first on the uh, first play. Then on second and four, uh, Dorrance Armstrong gets his weekly sack. Uh, third and seven, they get a false start. Third and 12, uh, they do get a 20-yard play here because uh, Dante Fowler is somehow in coverage on <laughs> whoever they threw the ball to. Uh, and then they get one more five-yard completion on Duran Bland. And then on second and five, uh, Jared Goff gets strip-sacked by Micah Parsons, who then recovers the ball. Uh, and that is the end of that. the game. So they win 24-6. to six. Uh, it probably looks a little bit more like a bl- more blowy outy than it actually was in practice. Like until like the latter half of the yeah, beginning of the fourth quarter, this was a four point game at best for the Cowboys. Um, but they seem to put it all together. The offense moved significantly better in the second half. I personally am attributing a lot of this to just like Dak rust, play calling, et cetera. I expect to see more from both from Dak, from Michael Gallup, who was a total ghost in this game. He got one target, um, both of whom are returning from injury. Uh, But all in all, there's not a lot to complain about when you win 24-6. to You hold one of the higher-scoring offenses in the league to six points. You're going to beat a lot of teams that way. Um, So I liked it, man. I I enjoyed that that latter half of football. Yeah, this is the Lions slash the Cowboys defense in the second half. Interception, four-play punt, fumble recovery, interception, fumble recovery, fumble recovery. So, I mean, they just went lights fucking out there. Um, Four fumbles and a pick with a punt. Uh, Defense is great. I mean, that's the the headline once again. Um, I I have faith the offense will get a little bit more stable here, but uh, goodness, it's a... it's wonderful to see this defense play like that. Absolutely. They've given up a total of 104 points. Uh, They're averaging like 14 points against per game. Uh, They have 29. I should, I sent Ben this today. I looked up 2015, like when we went and got uh, the Kraken and like Dallas was super desperate for war daddies. They had 29 sacks with the leader tank having eight. That was the year's worth of stats. The Cowboys have 29 sacks. They're 28 sacks right now, and Parsons has eight. So they're well, already the, the factor, you know. I mean, they've he's had so nasty dude. They've had a lot of help on the that that line is probably played well, but a lot of people thought the defense would take a step back. I go back to like analytics because they had a shit ton of turnovers last year, and turnovers are hard to repeat. A very yeah. noisy stat. But I mean, what got better is their their sack rate's gone way up. Their pressure rate's up. Like Micah Parsons is in like another podcast being talked about as an MVP candidate. I mean, he's now the odds on favorite and I'm using that term correctly because he's negative odds now to win defensive player of the year. Eight sacks, I think three forced fumbles this year. Dude, I've started to hear MVP chatter about Micah Parsons, which would in any other year, I'd say that's crazy, but there's not really a quarterback. I mean, maybe you could make a case for like Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys. Probably be one of those two, but still. But Micah Parsons, I'm telling you this, if Micah Parsons, if the Cowboys are in it, like they take control of this division, they're like 10 and two. We get all primetime games coming up too. If he balls play, in primetime. If, if, if Micah Parsons has like a three sack defensive touchdown game, either on Thanksgiving against the Giants or on Christmas Eve against the Eagles, which is going to be an insanely hyped up game. Watch out, dude. Micah Parsons could fuck around and win MVP of this league. God, wouldn't that be something? So they do take care of the Lions as expected. Lions fall to one and five, which bummer because a lot of people after hard knocks convinced themselves this was going to be a better Lions team. Um, It is not. And Cowboys moved to five and two, which Andy still only has them as third in the NFC East behind what a, the undefeated what a Philadelphia reality, Eagles. Man. And somehow the six and one New York football giants just keep winning football games. It is a bizarre reality because I remember like the beginning of the season, they were like, we even we were like, I mean, the Cowboys can win this. They're in a weak division. Like yeah. <laughs> no one else in this division can play. And we're probably the best division in football right now. Like, yeah, three teams outside of outside right of now. Washington. That's like 
They're I mean, three and four. We are. We are the yeah. best team in the division for sure. Best I mean, you're the league. the top three teams combined for three losses. Like that's crazy. Um, it is nuts. So the defense has just been absurd. Offense still kind of trying to find its footing, I think. And a lot of that has been kind of lumped onto the passing game in general. Um, like I mentioned, Michael Gallup totally non-factor in this game, despite you know returning from injury uh, two weeks ago and you know, has not had, uh, he had a touchdown in his first game back, but has not had a big game yet. And obviously he's on a big contract now. So people have much higher expectations. CD lamb continues to just like, he's fine. He's, you know, four for 70, nothing to write home about. Very, uh, Amari esque. I, I think he's close to a big game, like a breakout game. That'd be great. Um, like, I would like love to have a big game. Catch, like 10 catch a hundred and, 25 40 yards and a TD or two. That'd be but, great. Um Noah Brown has picked up a lot of the slack, which I love that Noah Brown has mm. exceeded expectations, but like man, that fumble, it's stuff like that that you're just like, oh, <laughs> like that doesn't happen to superstars. So he's he's been better than I thought, but it goes back to like the old Jeff Heath argument. Like Jeff Heath's fine when he's playing 30 snaps a game when we made him a full-time starter on safety and he had to play 60 snaps a game. He's just yeah, he's exposed. a liability. Yeah. For and sure. That was with Noah. Like the, he, he's fine in packages and certain roles, but if you're relying on that guy, 45, 50 snaps a game, you're just, you're not going to get much, you know, the, the returns are diminishing and that's where we are with him. So, you know, they really need Michael Gallup to, to get his feet. And I, you know, people People wanted to produce right away, as you said, and Jerry Jones sort of called him out today, which I think is a little unfair of Jerry. But he'll, you know, Kellen, Kellen kind of, you know, stepped on the, or I guess what is it, stepped on the sword? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah fell yeah. on the sword, fell on the sword. Thank you. Yeah, fell on the sword a little bit and said it's on him to get Gallup more involved and he needs more targets and opportunities and yada yada. So hopefully we see a good Gallup game, but uh, we do move on. Um, last game before the bye week, which they could probably use. We have a couple people banged up, including Zeke, who will already been ruled out for this game with a knee injury. Micah has a shoulder injury that he's nursing, but he's expected to play. Um, I imagine he will definitely play because it's Micah, but basically yeah. they could really use that bye week. Um, but before they do play the Chicago Bears, um, 12 o'clock, the day before Halloween, Goat, what do you think of this one? You know, I've heard like several people, including our own Zach Love, express like this weird level of anxiety about this game. Mm -hmm. uh, dude, I, I I am not worried about this game. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I have concerns about the offense. I want to see them do better. The Bears are bad, dude. I mean, I know they beat the Patriots last week, but the Patriots are kind of in chaos right now, too. We saw Matt Jones' career end on Sunday. Okay, he's done forever with the Patriots. That was the weirdest that, he lost his team. game. Like they just don't whatever you do with quarterbacks, there's one golden rule you can't break, and it's that you, you gotta play one. You gotta pick one. No team yep. has ever, 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 ever in the history of the NFL been successful rotating quarterbacks or playing two at the time or going back and forth. You gotta pick one and go with it. It's that old adage if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. Like yep, it's just exactly it it is what it is. You could have two talented guys, but you have to make a decision because they're the leader of the team. They're who everyone looks at. They're the one who have to control the huddle, call the you know, all make all the decisions. It just it has to be someone's team. Like yeah, you know, that, so, that was the language the Cowboys kept using during Dak's absence. Was like, and I get this I get is Dak's your Belichick. Team. Like Zappy's had a couple good games. Mac and him are maybe on the outs, and I get it. You're not going to just give Mac the job. Maybe we got to make a decision. You got to go with one or the other. Agreed. You can't play them both. So. Uh, weird, weird game there. They did lose. Um, they, they lost up, badly. They went up 14 10, and then the Bears just kicked their ass in the second half, which was odd. And, but and that has fooled people into forgetting that like two weeks ago, people were talking about the Chicago Bears being like an absolute dumpster fire. Like, like people were like, Justin Fields is like a bum. Like, the fans hate him. He's talking shit to the Bears fans in press conferences. Like, they were in complete, you know, winning does cure everything, right? It's the best salve in the world. Um, they're a 10 point underdog in this game for a reason. All right. They're playing, Dallas is playing at home. I fully expect, even if Zeke Elliott does not play, I fully expect uh, the Cowboys to. 
to win this game comfortably. Um, I know you said you're not totally confident in the 10 point spread. I think they will win by more than 10. I, I truly do. I, I do not think the bears are very good. I do not think that they have played defenses as good as the Cowboys. I think that the whole thing, and I've heard this repeatedly that like, Oh, they finally figured out like how good of a runner Justin Fields is like, well, no shit. Like, he's yeah, man, like that's fine. It o- that only works if you've got, you can keep the defense honest by having threats downfield like we've seen the Cowboys struggle against running quarterbacks before, but it's because they're worried about the pass. And so that like keeps them from just teeing off on you. If they know from the jump, like we saw those Eagles games last year where they were basically like, look, you have one wide receiver that we respect. That's Devonte. We're going to have Diggs cover him and we're going to tee off on Hertz all day. And Micah Parsons destroyed him. Like Hertz got blown up every time he tried to run against the Cowboys a season ago, the Cowboys hung like 50 points on both times. They were total non-factors. They tried to like throw deep to keep the Cowboys honest. That got them picked. Like I expect Justin Fields to, and I like Justin Fields. I'm a Justin Fields believer supporter, but he's going to turn the ball over in this game and he's going to get wrecked on by this Cowboys pass rush. He just, they just haven't seen something like this yet. In my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think when I was talking about the spread, my only, thought on it was I I think they win by a touchdown I don't know if they win by 10 but they'll I have no to your point I have no worry about this game at all like Zach is he I don't I think he said the only game he watched was the Bears against New England so he got a little nervous and look they can run if Dallas has a weakness I get it's a run but here's Justin Fields career as a starter very young he's 5 and 12 as a starter he's thrown 15 picks in 17 games and he's been sacked 61 times in 17 games that's over three and a half times or three times a game yeah it's david um, card numbers like like, <laughs> like we're he's only had one career game with a passer rating over 100 and i know passer rating is a flawed stat but still like he's just never really gone off i mean he can do a little bit of damage with his legs he's kind of danny dimes right now honestly like Maybe he puts it together a little bit at some point, but I mean, he's going to get sacked a lot. He's going to get pressured a lot. And he, he throws the ball up for grabs more. You yeah, know? So absolutely. His and rates like 4%. I know bears fans have like convinced themselves that them handing the Eagles, Robert Quinn for peanuts means nothing. Cause Robert Quinn hasn't been great this year. Um, I know Zach called this out in our group chat that like, cause he, he didn't really know who Robert Quinn was. And he's like, the Bears fans I see are claiming he's ass. Dude, Robert Quinn set the Bears franchise record for sacks last year. No Bears, no Bear has ever had 18 he's and a half sacks. He's had a really weird season. career, but he, you know, I, I think it's a fine gamble. I mean, they didn't give up shit for him, and they're not paying him shit. I mean, he's no. 32, so. Here, here's what I will say. He has know. taken twice. He has drawn twice as many double teams as Micah Parsons, twice as many double teams as TJ Watt over the last year, twice as many double teams as pick your elite pass rusher. Like when you're playing the bears, the only guy you worry about getting to you is maybe Roquan Smith on certain downs and Robert Quinn on every down. And so that's where all the pass rush focus for blocking has gone. Is that Robert Quinn? And as he gets older, he's not going to be as effective. I, I totally buy that, but they have they just gave up the only guy that has been creating opportunities for other dudes on their team to get one-on-one looks and now yeah like he's gone their pass rush is going to be totally toothless i ex- i do not expect them to get pressure on deck i think if we can establish uh if if pollard can come out the gate hot if he's fast out the gate this game's going to get out of hand in my opinion i think the cowboys have it in them too i think they can score 20 points in the first half on this team I would love to see the offense get going. I, I, I too believe the defense will be just fine. Um, look, this is their, they had a weird win against San Francisco, 19 to 10 in the rain. Then they got their ass kicked by green Bay. They eked one out against Houston. And then they lost three straight to the giants, the Vikings and the commanders before finally beating new England. I mean, they yeah, haven't dude, done, they lost 12 anything. to seven to the Washington commanders, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Um, Fields has not thrown for over, oh, sorry, one game he threw for over 200 yards. Like, they just, they they, they don't have enough firepower. A lot of that's they have no weapons on the outside at all. Like, Diggs, Yeah, I mean, Mike, unless you think Diggs Darnell and, Moody is going to suddenly Brown turn into, are like, going to get bored out yeah. there. Well, uh, and, like, Justin it'll Fields, be a big like, Micah game for, for, for sure. a comparison, like, Justin Fields has roughly the same passing stats as Cooper Rush. 
and he's played three more games than Cooper Rush. Um, he also has six interceptions. <laughs> so like, yeah, no, you're basically you. playing like a a worse version game. of Cooper Rush, dude. Like he's he's not very good at this point in his career, and you can make a. There's a lot of reasons for that. I do think he can be a very good quarterback if developed correctly. I don't know if they're doing that, but his QBR is it, it hovers in the 30s for most games. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see uh we'll see how this plays out. I mean, their project his project like it, right now if he finishes the year how he started it, his pro- end of the year projections by ESPN are he'll he's a 55% passer for 2500 yards for 12 touchdowns and 15 picks. I mean, that's those are backup QB numbers at best, like at best. So um yeah, man. It's I I am comfortable with this game. Do you want to make a prediction, Ben? Yeah, I think they uh they win this one 27 to uh I'll say the one thing I'll give the Bears is they haven't really been blown out this year. I guess there were the Packers 27-10, but in general they have hung tough. So I'll give them that. They're they're a gritty team if you want to use uh the most overused word in in football, but I'll I'll say 27 to uh 27 to 13 Dallas. Nice. Okay, so you think they'll cover? Dallas will cover. Yeah, I don't know if they for sure will, but I think the I think they will. I mean, I I can't see even if they don't. I think this is a touchdown game for Dallas. Yeah. Like if if we don't if if this is like a twenty four twenty game, I feel a little gross about it. Like Dallas needs to agreed put this put this away. And I know, hey, just get your win and get into the bye. Maybe it becomes one of those games, but I you know I think they'll be I think they'll be just fine. I'm I'm in this in the same neighborhood. Uh I'm going 30 to 13. Um I yeah, I, I'm not scared of the Bears. This is a game that I when I looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, I didn't think it was gonna be that hard, and I've only been more convinced of that as time has gone on. Well, look at their um, points, man. They scored 19 on the Niners, 10 on the Packers, 23 on the Texans, 12 on the Giants. 27 on the Vikings and seven on the command. Like I don't even, I'm being generous giving them 13. The only reason is I think fields has maybe found a little something. Maybe they'll get a little bit of run, but it might be, it might be lower than that. It might be a 10. Like I don't, the bears over under for points in this game has got to be what? Like 12 and a half, 13. It doesn't. Yeah. What I'm looking at, it doesn't get the over under for the game is 42 and a half. So if the Cowboys are supposed to win by 10, <laughs> then yeah, it's not a huge like 24, uh, 14 or something like 25, yeah, exactly. 15, basically. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're basically projected to score like 15 points in this game. Like I just don't, yeah. I don't see Dallas losing. If the offense has another stinker, it may become a discussion on like, Hey, what's wrong with the offense? That's the worst case here. I just don't agree. They're, they're not going to score points on, on, on our team. Unless Agreed. we have some re- weird you know, special team shit, you know, turnovers, turnovers things like that, yeah, yeah. tons of penalties. And uh, I think a lot of the discussion, like we mentioned earlier, a lot of the discussion of this team's offensive uh, sputterings has focused on the wide receiver position. Obviously, when you give up a guy like Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick, um, the the wide receiver core is going to be in. Uh, in focus for a lot of people. And obviously CD lamb has not had like a start to the year where people are just like, Oh my gosh, he's the new number one. He's the Christian to 88. Um, Michael Gallup has been very slow to come back. Uh, you spent a third round pick on Jalen Tolbert. He is not even playing in games right now. Cause he's so behind. Um, and so a lot of discussion this week has, as other teams have made moves, there have been discussions around who can the Cowboys go get to bolster this wide receiver core. We've seen discussions around uh, what I would call more unrealistic options. Uh, Carolina gave up Christian McCaffrey. And so people immediately thought they were just like selling everyone and they could go get DJ Moore. Although it sounds like that is one of the players that Carolina has chosen to build their future around. They're not going to give him up. Um, I've seen discussion of Brandon Cooks from the Texans. I've seen discussions of Chase Claypool from the Steelers. And I have seen more recent today, Michael Irvin said he has personal knowledge of Odell Beckham Jr.'s desire to come play with a star on his helmet. Uh, Ben, what do you think about those? And who among that crowd uh, would you like to see suit up for Dallas? First, yeah, I don't think DJ Moore is attainable. Like yeah, same. pretty much same. Carolina's pretty much 
they apparently Dallas reached out. Apparently, a lot of teams reached out. I think the asking price would be too high. He's they basically said no. They have three franchise players they don't want to give up, and it's him, Brian Burns, and J.C. Horn. So good players. Yeah. So and that makes sense. They're going to tank, but they're going to keep what pieces they do believe are valuable. Yeah, you can't go like the. Unlike the NBA, it's like you can't go like tank. Even if you go get some all-world quarterback, you can't give them nothing to work with. That won't yeah. like be any well, you better. Have, you have, in football, you have twenty-two starters. You know, in basketball, yeah, you sure. have five. One guy just makes a, a bigger difference to a franchise. For sure. So, yeah, I don't think he's gettable. I wouldn't mind Brandon Cooks. I actually think he'd be a good fit on this team. Agreed. I, I don't Stretch know the field. He, that's probably my favorite. If they could get Brandon Cooks, you know, he's older now, but he's proven to be pretty much in his career a thousand yard receiver damn near every year. Like he's he's a valuable deep threat and they don't really have one of those. I mean, Gallup's sort of the deep threat, more a sideline guy, but I wouldn't mind a, a bit of speed, you know, a stretcher like that. Uh, and otherwise, I wouldn't mind Odell, but he's probably not healthy until late November, early December. It's hard to say because he's not been on a team, so no one's really release medical records, but that's kind of the, the whispers around the league that it'll be late November. So I think he'd be great once he got healthy. Um, and James Washington hopefully comes back around that time. I don't know if he gives you anything, but I think he's probably a step up from Noah Brown, uh, at least as a deep threat guy. So I, I would say I would love if they did something for Brandon cooks outside of that. I just don't think, I mean, obviously I would love DJ Moore. I just don't think there's any chance. Yeah. And I'm, I think we both agree. We're kind of anti chase Claypool. As an option. Yeah, I don't I don't think he helps this team with what you need. He's not a separate guy. He's a contested catch guy. He's a lot like Gallup. Like he's not really gonna stretch the field. He's a big physical receiver. Maybe right. helps you in the and Dak doesn't like throwing up those up for grab sideline throws anyway. So Correct. I don't know. I I wouldn't really want Chase Claypool unless it was basically a freebie. I think Agreed. I think Brandon Cooks would would fit pretty well with them. So it would be it would be nice to get a uh, the Cowboys have found this guy in the past. You know they they'd made uh, hay with Randall Cobb in the year that they had mm -hmm. him. I enjoyed that. Um, so maybe they can find somebody that can that can contribute. Um, otherwise, you're kind of hoping that Gallup kind of returns to form. Washington can contribute when he comes back. Tolbert somehow makes an impact. So we'll see uh, how that how that develops. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see both how the what the team does from here on out and how they play in this game on Sunday. I'm excited. Um, ben, who is your walk star star of the game? Yes, it will not be a star love goat. We'll just do the star goat. Um, and this one, man, I'm gonna go the rookie, Sam Williams. You know, two sacks. Dude, it's uh, unanimous for sure. Hits. The kid's a beast. Ripped. A Whitman way. I easily could have gone Micah here because he helped save it. I easily could have gone Tank. Um, I could have gone Diggs. He didn't get stressed much, but when he was, he was up to the task. And, you know, it kind of helped that Amon Ross St. Brown checked out. So they had really nobody to throw to. But uh yeah, I'll go, I'll go Sam Williams. The rookie was was phenomenal. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm also going Sam Williams. Um, you know, since we drafted this guy, you know, there was a lot of talk about like, oh, he's like twins with Micah. They play very much. They're both like physical freaks. They both bring very similar skill sets. And this was the first game where I really felt like Sam was able to display all that. He showed real flashes. He was a terror in the past game. He stuffed runs behind the line. He got turnovers. Um to have two guys that are even in the obviously he's not Micah, but like to have two guys that can kind of fill that role uh, effectively at the NFL level is is rare, and it makes this defense incredibly dangerous. I don't know who you game plan for. I mean, obviously you game plan for Micah, but like if you focus all your attention on Micah all week, then Dorrance and Tank and Sam are all going to come get you, and it can go really poorly. So, uh, amazing game by Sam Williams. Agree. So it's unanimous. We have a star goat. We'll uh we'll maybe reach out to to Mr. Love next week. Maybe he'll give us a maybe we'll get a star love goat unanimous. We've only there had one go. and it was uh Micah week one. So. He was a monster week one. So well all he's right. not the only one. Yeah, he's the only guy that played well. So um all right. Well, uh like we said, apologies for the late 
coming out of this podcast, but you will hear from us very shortly. Hopefully we will be back uh, early next week to review this game against the bears. They do play at noon on Sunday. Um, as always, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment. Uh, we do so love to hear from the devoted fans of Boys Will Be Boys Nation. As always, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Peace.